This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. The tax dollars of people who are listening are paying to put children in the hands of criminals. I said, I need to make you aware. And they said, Tara, we don't get sued by traffickers. A government whistleblower has stepped forward to Project Veritas to detail her harrowing experience at the Department of Health and Human Services. In 2021, this whistleblower volunteered to assist HHS with the placement of unaccompanied minors and was deployed to the Migrant Emergency Intake Site in Pomona, California. There, she witnessed the agency failing these children, as she puts it, doing the work of the cartels on your tax dollars. These vulnerable children, we care for them, we clothe them, we feed them. With your dollars and my dollars, we fly that product directly to the trafficker. God forbid it's sex trafficking. Project Veritas embarked on a nine-month investigation across the country to corroborate our whistleblower's claims. So he attempted to traffic children, and he's still at address in Texas. Yes, we have 44 unaccompanied children at that address. We have 25 unaccompanied children at that address. Project Veritas put boots on the ground, visiting scores of addresses the whistleblower shared from case files she worked on. What we found was shocking. The sponsor can hold up that order of deportation to that child and say, if you do not do what I say, I'm going to call ICE on you myself. I don't believe that this is something that HHS wants people to know. If you're a case manager and you know this information, if you really care about the children being safe, you need to come forward. Okay, welcome. Uh, it is uh, Tuesday, 29 November in the year of our Lord, 2022. Um, I asked Mike Davis to come on because there's so much going on at the Supreme Court and some landmark cases coming up. I want to hear some perspective on that. And also, there's so much going on in big tech with Elon Musk. He's, going to, he's threatening to put out all these information on, on the suppression of voices. And uh, But two things have come up. And Mike Davis is a man, now he's a, a brilliant legally. Um, he's also got a tremendous common sense and he's uh, a, a, got a big heart as a human being. Mike, the reason I want to start the show or we just had it on the last with with O'Keefe. You've talked um, about our duty and obligation in taking the House in the obligation to get to the invasion of the southern border, and you've actually included Merrick Garland and 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 uh, Mayorkas 
of of not not just not following the law, but I mean absolutely breaking the law. And now we have this whistleblower, federal government whistleblower. Now it is HHS as part of it, but you're sitting there and you see the federal government, you see people's tax dollars, uh, you see, you know, the United States uh, government in partnership with the cartels and the excuses used, and it's obvious. They're trafficking these children, these these um, migrant children into the United States for sex trafficking. And when you sit there and they say, oh, we went to this lo- 44 at this lo- unaccompanied minors at this location, 25 at this location in the United States of America, in Texas, in California, in Arizona. Last last segment. We had uh, Floyd Brown from Western Journalist said, hey, Phoenix is the number one uh, sex trafficking center in the country because the border on on the southern border was so was so open i mean your good friend harmeet dillon the reason she's working on fraud the reason they're coming to the first patient when i take my hand off the bible i'm declaring an invasion on the southern border and uh an invasion of the southern border and i'm going to and 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 what's invasion of the southern border and he's going to have to, Biden's going to have to respond to that. Mike Davis, your thoughts. This is a very predictable outcome for President. After President Biden, uh, on day one, uh, opened up our border to this complete lawlessness, where we have floods of illegal economic migrants coming across our border, and it it paves the way for drug traffickers, for human trafficker, trafficking, it is horrendous what is going on, and there is no excuse for this. President Trump got the, the border under control, and Biden has intentionally changed that because he's trying to import illegal economic migrants, future Democrat voters, and cheap labor for these big these woke big corporations, and it's unacceptable. And it's the most vulnerable people among us who pay the biggest price for these open borders. It's the women who are being trafficked. It's the children who are being trafficked. It's disgusting. And there needs to be aggressive oversight by House Republicans. They need to drag in the HHS secretary. And they need to drag in the DHS secretary. And they need to drag in the attorney general. And they need to make it so painful for these cabinet officials but that they have to that they have to start changing their policies in order to stop this. On the Senate side. Right, uh, working with Grassley and Judiciary, you're, you were a clerk with uh, with Gorsuch. You know how the system operates. It is inconceivable. You had a federal whistleblower there, and she traveled around. If she knows it, there are people in the chain of command and know exactly what's going on here. How can we possibly, Mike, be in a situation to have these children sent to, 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 to have these traffic, these older men, with particularly this girl, and they, I think part of a, the story they had was that the cartels charge them like ten thousand dollars to get a, get across. Then they pimp them out to pay the money, you know, the, so they get the money paid back. The how can this happen? And the chain of command not already know what's going on. How can people not know when you have forty four unaccompanied minors that are coming in and and being processed in at these centers and then going to the, essentially what's a brothel? Right. On taxpayer expense. And, and the excuse is we don't go after them because the traffickers don't sue the government. That's kind of flipping response. H- how can the chain of command? And I'm not saying the HHS secretary knows it, but.
But people in the chain of command obviously know what's going on here. Is that too big a reach? No, I mean, there are political appointees throughout HHS, from the secretary to the deputy secretary to the assistant secretary for children and families to the director of Office of Refugee Resettlement. These are all Biden political appointees, and they, they have to know what's going on or they're so reckless with their with their policies that they just don't care. They're just they're so concerned about importing millions of illegal economic migrants for future Democrat votes for cheap labor. They don't give a damn what happens to the women. They don't give a damn what happens to the children in the process. It's just collateral damage to them. And this this has to stop. We have to stop the flood of illegal economic migrants at our border. We could be for legal immigration, safe immigration. There are valid, there are certainly valid refugee claims, right? But these are not valid refugee claims. These are illegal economic migrants and it needs to stop. They are taking advantage of this. It's gonna get worse. With Title 42 ending, it's gonna get worse. Where it's this is gonna this is gonna get exponentially worse when Title 42 ends. Um this is what you talked about. Your your recommendation now to House leadership is you've got to get on this one right away. But Mallorca's at, at at DHS, Garland at at Attorney General, but you got to roll the HHS something. You're saying these investigations have they got to be called in front of for testimony immediately, and the investigations have to start immediately about exactly what's going on at the southern border, including everything that's been worked out uh, between uh, the Attorney General, DHS, HHS, and the White House, sir. Yeah, and absolutely. The House Republicans don't take over till January, but send the preservation letters now, preserve your documents, and start going down several layers. Every Senate-confirmed official who's who's in that chain of command at HHS that we just discussed. And also, this is why it's so important that Republicans, conservatives, right-thinking Democrats and independents show up and show, support Herschel Walker and his election, because if there is a 50-50 Senate versus a 51-49 Senate. 50-50 Senate means Republicans have a power-sharing agreement with the Democrats. That means they get more staff, they get more resources, they have more power over subpoenas and investigations. If Herschel Walker loses, that all goes away. Um, I want to play, thank, I want to play, uh, let me play the thing. I need to get your uh, thoughts on, uh, on Arizona. Let's go ahead and play the cold open for Arizona. Um, I vote aye under duress. Um, I found out today that I have no choice but to vote aye or I'll be arrested and charged with a felony. Um, I don't think that that is what our founders had in mind when they used the democratic process to elect our leaders, our self, form of self-government. And I find that very disheartening. With your vote of four ayes and zero nays, you've approved item 1B. Anything else for the good of the order? Okay, uh, we don't have the Clements piece up. Yeah, can we play? I want to play. Also, I want to play David Clements. Let's go and play David Clements. I want Mike uh, Davis's opinion on both. Let's go and play it. Centers that were impacted by the printer issues did not impact one part of the valley more than the other. This is outrageous. This is a national crisis, and you're giving people two minutes to address a national crisis. And the way that you guys can just sit there, it's disgusting. Watching you pledge allegiance to my flag was disgusting, the way that you sold us out. You said you don't have the statutory authority to do anything. 
you're going to take a yes, no vote. What does that tell us? Yes or no. If it's just yes, then why are you here? Why are you here then? You have discretion. And when you certify something, you're saying that it's trustworthy. There's nothing trustworthy about this. This is theater, it's optics. I was a longtime prosecutor. I went after drug traffickers. This is vote trafficking at its finest. I've seen the criminal element. You are vote traffickers. You are vote traffickers. Criminal. What are you gonna do about it? You've sold us out. You've sold us out. You've sold us out. So we're not here to be civil. You're worried about language. We're worried about our voices being stolen and never getting a fair election again. That's what we're worried about. So a curse upon you, a curse upon all of you, you smug, smug people. What, you got, a, you got a, another chicken for him that needs to burn down, Mr. Hickman? Am I bothering you? Am I bothering you? Because this election please. bothered me. And you're doing nothing about it. I don't care about that stupid buzzard. This is sickening. You have the power as the chairperson to enlarge the time limits and actually hear your constituents instead of putting a muzzle on them. Thank you, right your time you. is up. Thank you very much. All right, next speaker is John Landry. And these sheriffs, you gotta know who you stand with. This is disgusting. Okay, that's David Clements, uh, a former prosecutor who went full Mike Davis on the uh, Board of Supervisors. The first clip was actually a supervisor in Mojave County, Mike Davis, sitting there going, you know, they told me if I didn't vote, if I didn't vote to certify, uh, I would be arrested and charged with a Class 6 felony. What is going on? Is this a national crisis of what's happening in Arizona right now, sir? The problem is, is that the Democrats have turned election day into election season and they do the all mail ballots. I saw this in Colorado when I lived here for 10 years, where it went from a deep red state to a deep blue state. And what they do is they mail ballots. Everyone on the registered voter list, they mail ballots. It doesn't matter whether they've moved or died. College students and mail ballots go out to everyone. And Democrats uh, know that they can go find their voters, even if they even if these candidates don't have the popular support, they can find enough votes to push them over the finish line. And if you get rid of signature verification, if you get rid of election observers, there is nothing that stops someone from taking someone else's ballot, filling it out and mailing it, mailing it in. And that's exactly what Democrats did with COVID. They used COVID as an excuse to get rid of signature verification, to get rid of election observers, and voila, uh, they're, they're winning these elections. And so you get rid of election observers, you get rid of the evidence gatherers, and then the Democrats say you have no evidence. Well, you threw them out of the room. So how could you have evidence when you threw out the election observers? And then you said, then you blame the Republicans for not having evidence of, of these, of irregularities and misconduct. Look what happened with Maricopa County. They know that Republicans, Trump supporters show up on election day. And they know that when they showed up on election day, all of a sudden, magically, we had these printer malfunctions that caused these huge lines and in, in voting to to go down for several hours. And when the Republicans went to the court 
and this Napolitano appointed Democrat judge shut him down. They asked for three more hours, keep the polls open for three more hours to make up for these voter machines that went down and these people waiting in line, checking in, being sent to another voting location and told they couldn't vote because they checked in at the first voting location. They were disenfranchised. And and uh, Captain Mark Kelly, Senator Mark Kelly, he opposed the Republicans' modest request to keep the polls open for three hours so those voters can vote. So I don't want to hear this nonsense about Democrats caring about democracy when they filed a court when they when they filed a court filing to shut down voting uh, voting options for people in Arizona on election day. And this is where Republicans need to stop being so stupid. Stop telling people to only show up and vote on election day. We need to win these elections so we can change the election rules, but you have to win these elections. And if you tell your people to only vote on election day in person and then you get stuck in a six hour line and then your 90 year old support supporters can't vote, you know what, you need to get smarter than that. Start using early voting, start playing by these rules to win elections and then we can change the rules. A lot's going on in Washington, D.C. right now. we got this lame duck. I'm going to ask you about that in a second. And they're going to try, they're talking about all kind of federal things about the elections. But also the Supreme Court at the same time is sitting. Uh, there's a monumental case that's coming up. I want you to explain that about these independent state legislatures. What does this mean? What does this mean about presidential elections and also just elections in general, sir? Yeah, so on December 7th, the court, the Supreme Court's going to hear the case Moore versus Harper. And under our Constitution, it's Article 1, Section 4, Clause 1. It's called the Elections Clause. And the time, place, and manner of federal elections is decided by state legislatures unless that is overridden by Congress. So that means redistricting. That means election rules as it relates to federal elections, U.S. House U.S. Senate presidency. Those are decided by state legislatures. Democrats, what they've done is they've had their Democrat state Supreme Courts and their Democrat commissions change the election laws for federal elections and for, for redistricting. And they can't do that. And I think finally the court, the Supreme Court, there are finally five votes. I think it's going to be six to three on the Supreme Court where they're finally going to use the, the U.S. Constitution's elections clause and say, look, Democrat state Supreme Court, look, D Democrat commissions, you don't get to change the election laws. You don't get to do redistricting. The Constitution gives that power to state legislatures or Congress. And we're going to follow the Constitution. The Democrats call it the independent state legislature theory. Like it's not a, like it's some theory that Republicans made up. It's in the Constitution. It's the elections clause. Again, Article 1, Section 4, Clause 1. How how are, are their heads going to blow up uh, with a six to three uh, decision? Uh, will it be anywhere near what Dobbs was? And uh, and what impact will this have as you see it? Well, it's going to have a huge impact where you're going to you're going to see House seats getting changed where they're redistricted in a way where it actually reflects uh, the state legislatures in the, in those states, whether it's North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Ohio. Republicans are going to pick up more House seats. Democrat. Democrats are going to go crazy. Eric Holder, Mark Elias, the whole you know Democrat election lawyer crew, they're going to go crazy. They're going to be screaming about democracy and racism and all this other nonsense. Who cares? We're going to be accused of being anti-democracy and racist no matter what Republicans do. We need to uh, earn power, use power, and stop being wimps about it. Um, real quick, anything in the lame duck? I'm hearing now that the 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 
They're going to try to change the Electoral Count Act. They've got all, a couple, three things. They can't get that massive bill through that they tried to that would federalize elections. But is any warnings for this audience of what to look for on the changes of election, particularly Electoral Count Act or anything else on elections in this lame duck? I don't think there's 60 votes to change anything in the lame duck. So I don't think that's going to happen. You, you still have Manchin and Cinema who are not willing to blow up the legislative filibuster. I will say what needs to happen in the lame duck is what we're seeing with Elon Musk that he's, he's bringing free speech to Twitter. So the Democrats are using advertiser boycotts to try to crush Twitter. Elon has enough money to sustain it on his own. So what they're going to do is do the parlor play where the Democrats go to Apple and Google and kick Twitter out of the App Store duopoly and then go to Amazon and kick Twitter off the internet. That's what they did to Parler, to crush Parler. That cannot happen. That's why there is a rare close, closing bipartisan window of opportunity to bring, to update and enforce our century-old antitrust laws. And there are bills working their way through the House and the Senate right now that will do that. There's an App Store bill. There's a non-discrimination bill. There's several bills on our website, theiap.org slash war room. We have a website for the war room posse and I think our, our, the War Room Posse needs to call 202-224-3121, 202-224-3121, and tell both their U.S. senators and their home state uh, U.S. Their, their, their U.S. Uh, representative to support these bipartisan reforms, the non-discrimination bill and the App Store bill, so we can prevent Google and Apple and, and Amazon from crushing Twitter. I just want to take another minute because this is one of the things I wanted to have you on here. What Musk has shown over the, and look, I'm not an Elon Musk fan. People know that. We're going to have uh, Rachel on uh, talking about what's happening in Beijing here in a moment. Uh, and, you know, I think a lot of his financing is from the CCP. That being said, it's been pretty extraordinary, not just what he's done, but how the left has tried to basically take Twitter and shut it down because he's providing a platform that uh, many people can get to. Is that everything you've told us about big tech? in the oligarchs and big tech is showing how Google and Apple want to take him off the app store, all that it's kind of playing out. Like you said, it was going to play out. And that's why we need to get control of these tech oligarchs right now. Yeah. I mean, Apple, it, Google's 25 times bigger than Twitter and Apple's 50 times bigger than Twitter. They can crush Twitter instantly if they want to. And uh, th the problem is, is that these Google and Apple takes their marching orders from the, the, the CCP. They, they, they have to do China censorship. Their, you know, content moderation, which is censorship, and then they take their marching orders from the Biden White, Biden White House to do the censorship. We need to end this. Elon Musk is being bold and courageous. He's actually putting his money where his mouth is, a lot of it, $44 billion to bring free speech back to Twitter. And the left can't have free speech. They can't win if there's a, a debate of ideas. So they need to use misinformation and disinformation to crush free speech in America. And it's just, this is a, this is an important moment for Congress to finally stop with. It's time for House Republicans. It's time for House Republicans that who talk a big game about taking on big tech. Now is the time for them to step up and support this non-discrimination bill and this app store bill, because if they don't, Google and, and Apple and Amazon are go going to crush Twitter. Uh, Mike, how do people get to you to find out more about this? I know you got a special part in your site just for the war and posse, but I want to make sure everybody gets access because now we're into it, right? The lame ducks here. People got to get all over this. So where do they go? It's article3project.org, article3project.org. And we have the link to the war room posse site for the big tech bills there. It's at article3project on Getter Twitter Truth, at article3project. And my personal is MRD. 
DMIA, MRD, DMIA. And thank you, Steve, for all you do. Mike, thanks for coming on today and making sense of all this or trying to make sense of all this. Okay, can we go ahead and play the I want to play the I want to play the clip from Ron DeSantis and get Rachel up. Let's go ahead. There's reports that Apple is not allowing the protesters to use this airdrop function where they're trying to communicate. That obviously is providing aid and comfort to the CCP. And so you see that report and that's very concerning and then when you also hear reports that Apple is threatening to remove Twitter from the App Store because Elon Musk is actually opening it up for free speech and is restoring a lot of accounts that were uh, unfairly and illegitimately suspended for putting out accurate information about COVID. That's like one of the main things that's being reinstated. So many things these experts were wrong at, and you had people on Twitter that were calling that out. And Twitter, the old regime in Twitter, their response was to try to just suffocate the dissent. And and, and Elon Musk knows that's not a winning formula. And so he's uh, providing free speech. And so if Apple responds to that, uh, by nuking them from from the app store, you know, I think that that would be a huge, huge mistake, and it would be a really raw exercise of monopolistic power that I think would merit a response uh, from from the United States Congress. And so, uh, don't be a vassal of the CCP on one hand, and then use your corporate power in the United States on the other to suffocate Americans and try to suppress their right to express themselves. And so I'm glad I'm glad things are changing at Twitter. And I know there's a lot of work to do with big tech generally, but um, uh, but this is big progress. And we're really happy that that is now happening. Okay, that's what you heard Mike Davis talk about. But I got to tell you, uh, that is Governor Ron DeSantis. And what he called, uh, he called Apple, he referred to Apple as a vassal of the Chinese Communist Party, a vassal of the Chinese Communist Party. We're going to take a break here in a second, and we're going to bring Rachel back on the other side of this to talk about this, about Apple um, doing away with the airdrop, the way that the protesters were able to communicate with each other. But remember, this started in two places. One, the protest started because of welding in, welding in uh, innocent Lao Beijing, innocent Chinese people into their apartment the apartment burned, they couldn't get out. Also, where it started was the Apple factory. The Apple factory is essentially was run like a slave labor camp. And they had these COVID restrictions. It's just an absolute mess in the People's Republic of China. The CCP is running it like a gulag. We'll have Rachel join us uh, after a short commercial break. Will the lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden, more wasteful government spending, higher taxes, a deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer, by diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text Bannon to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metal IRAs. Text Bannon to 989898 and claim your free, no-obligation info kit. Don't let the left devalue your savings. 
own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Bannon to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. Take action. Use your agency. Okay? War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we have Rachel now. Rachel, as you know, has been on the show many times uh, from mainland China. Rachel, can you tell the audience what, how bad is this and what's going on with the protesters, uh, Lao Beijing, trying to stand up for freedom uh, and uh, liberty in, in, in China? And, and what's happened? We know the police came in. There's been pepper spray, barricades. Just get us up to date on what's going on, man. So basically, uh, you know, if you recall the 2019, uh, what we see on on the street of Hong Kong is basically, I think, is getting there. The steaming is gathered. We see thousands and uh, thousands, tens of thousands of people uh, working on the streets and from all those cities, including, uh, you know, not only the, the Ulumuchi, the Xinjiang region, but also Beijing, Shanghai, you name it, the big city, Guangzhou. And people are uh, from, uh, uh, you know, from all works of life. They, they gather together because they're, they're facing the reality of the the draconian uh, co- zero covid uh, policy and and the lockdown um, um, the measurements of the lockdown that implemented because the the CCP wants to achieve the zero covid policy so people are fed up with it i think the the the, the last thursday which is november 24th the deadly uh, fire broken out of xinjiang is definitely a spark so the spark has already turned into a blazing fire in terms of the uh, in terms of protests you see them on the screen so people just shouting out, you know, uh, their fury, which many of them has been locked, uh, locked in their apartment uh, for a past 100, uh, more than 100 days, particularly in Xinjiang. But in Shanghai, the same thing in Be- Beijing, in, in Guangzhou, all the big cities, people have been uh, forced to stay in their little apartments for so long. So I think their anger is simmering and accumulated. So when 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 there is a venue to let fury and to let the anger out, then the people take it on the street. So, um, you know, from what the footage I've seen uh, leaked from uh, within the uh, within uh, the mainland China, uh, from the mainland China, and I see people shouting, uh, you know, ask the, the, the Xi Jinping to step down and even say taking down this, the Communist Party all of them uh, for all. So, and I see the vice, you can see, you know, uh, that the police actually already, uh, the CCP has already sending uh, uh, 20,000 uh, armed police forces into big cities like Beijing and yes. Shanghai. They have already what? deployed everything. So I think a crackdown is coming and it's going to be bloody this time as, as uh, you know, as, as, as much as we can remember that 1989, we, we remember the tank men. And I think we are going to see the same uh, thing happening this time around, but I'm just praying for, you know, the brave people because this is out, this is a last battle. The CCP has taken over the entire China and also they come into America. They have been infiltrated the American, you know, yeah. legal and economic system. You know, l- l- yeah. L- l- let me, let me, let me, let me jump in here. Miles Gore uh-huh. warned us and yeah. he, he talked about Tiananmen and, and he warned us a couple, you know, just a couple months ago during the 20th party Congress had all the media bound down. She's the emperor. And he brought up the point that Wan Shishan and she are very concerned about the legitimacy of the CCP. They understand. They're on very uneven t- soil when it comes to Lao mm-hmm. Beijing and the Chinese people. Mm-hmm. I think what shocked 
uh, the, not people who watch the War Room, obviously, or watch my weekly interview uh, with the New Federal State TV, but they're kind of shocked that they were told that that she is all powerful, that he's everything. And here you see it on the streets. I mean, we play Miles' song uh, during the morning show, "Take Down the CCP." Yeah. I mean, they're chanting "Take Down the CCP," and t- and 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 she's got to step down. And and they were told that she's an emperor for life. So what's we only got a couple of minutes, but explain that dichotomy that she's supposed to be all powerful. Remember, he had uh, mm-hmm. who who and Tao dragged off the main stage, humiliated mm-hmm. in front of the world media, and he was supposed mm-hmm. to be the all powerful emperor for life. Mm-hmm. Yet two months later, because mm-hmm. of what's happening in the Apple factory, what happened with the welding the people into the apartment, and the dying and people hearing their cries, and also people just not understanding why this COVID zero COVID policy, but it seems like she could be weaker than ever. I mean, it seems like this thing could go on and build like Tiananmen Square. Rachel. Yeah, I think this is, as you said, dichotomy. I think he will be the weakest. He, this is the weakest moment of Xi because the moment that he gave the police, uh, he armed the police force, you don't know uh, which, uh, where they're going to aim it. Because uh, to be a dictator, you need to uh, you need you need to kill all your enemy, and to maintain the power is going to be even bloodier because you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna use more violence, uh, more ways to protect and maintain your power. So I think all all uh, the, the 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 political infight is a gather steam as well. So that's why he is in his most dangerous moment because that's why he's a, a fear. Uh, he's afraid if he gave the army the real bullet, which they want them to turn aim at the the the, the armless protester. Uh, but those uh, uh, so they might take aim at Xi and forcing him to back down because because the COVID wow. a zero COVID policy they have already destroyed the economy of the China. And, and uh, in fact, in the economy of the whole world. So a lot of people want she gone within the political party. So I think she is uh, the, uh, she is very, very dangerous. Any moment, uh, you know, his enemy, because his enemy is in hiding. And, and so that's why he's concerned. But he's already secretly so deployed brave. all those. Yeah, all those um, uh, cracking down on those protesters. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, so no, a the, lot of us the are Lao, The for, Lao Beijing has been. Yeah. Yeah, the Lao Beijing has been so. So brave and so shown the world where bravery is like the young people in Hong Kong. Real quickly, what's your social media now? I want everybody, uh, Miles Guo, they're, they're, uh, he's going on broadcast on Getter oh. nonstop. The information's incredible. Rachel, oh. what's your social media? How do people follow you? Um, I'm, I'm on Getter and I, uh, my social media handle is at S7 uh, Grill, G-R-I-L. But I also, I want people follow the new federal state of China if they can. So it's NFSC Speaks, uh, also on Getter. Thank you. And I do a Wednesday interview with new federal state. It's absolutely incredible. And they're up on mm-hmm. Getter nonstop. So Rachel, thank you very much. Look forward to having you back on with updates of really the most important story in the world right now, what's happening in China. Thank you, ma'am. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I want to give, you know, a lot of the stuff we've been covering here the last week or so is quite, is quite difficult. And you say, Hey, where can I see the upside in this? Although the great protesters allowed Beijing on the streets in, in, in China, uh, showing the world, Hey, fight for Liberty. Same thing in Brazil, same thing in Arizona. But I think we've got some good news on uh, or p- potential good news as far as setting this country right economically about uh, about energy. Dave Walsh, I want to bring you in. Uh, Dave, uh, Europe is making and they're a model for us of what to avoid. 
and it talked about about the Dutch farmers because your theory of the case here that if you're going to be a modern industrial power, you've got all these opportunities for renewables, and that's nice, and maybe one day it works out. But for baseload, when you talk about running a major industrial power, you need baseload. And we have two options on that. Essentially, let's leave coal aside for a second. But I'm saying if you're going to meet people where you talk about uh, decarbonization or taking carbon out, you got natural gas, of which we're the Saudi Arabia times five, and you have uh, nuclear power. Uh, and talk, But talk to me about what the Europeans have done here recently to even be, even, I think, break uh, their society and their culture even more. A major, major, uh, by far and away, the world's most productive farming country globally by a, many multiples, even ahead of the U.S. in the arable acreage production per acre. They have now decided to take over by eminent domain 3,000 Dutch farms, the government. That's 27% of the farming land in, in Holland will now be taken over by eminent domain to end farming so that the Holland can attempt to comply with the nitrogen emission standards of the EEU by 2030, trying to reduce nitrogen emissions by 50%, which will mean the sacrifice of 27% of Holland's farmland, uh, the most productive farmland in the world. This is ludicrous because nitrogen in the, in the airborne nitrogen, get this for the audience, take a decimal point, write seven zeros, three, three. 330 parts per billion nitrogen in the upper atmosphere. And they get tied up in their shorts with the argument on this because it's said to be 265 times more heat trapping than CO2. Well, we've had temperature rise of about 1.1 degree Fahrenheit since 1860. And it is said now that this uh, nitrogen is uh, causing 265 times more damage than CO2. Wait a minute, something's not tracking here. If that's the case, well, the, the efforts on CO2 are right. yeah. indeed a total waste of time, which they are. And now nitrogen is the new boogeyman. Nitrogen fertilizers have propelled agriculture globally by a factor of about four times in the last 60 years. The use of nitrogen-based fertilizers very meaningful to mankind. And, and Holland, if, and if you look at if you look at if you look at the rest of the industrial policy, and I want to get to Scott Melby from the Uranium Energy Corp here, going to lay it out for us. But you said, hey, if you want to have base load and still meet these people of halfway or two thirds of the way or whatever about net carbon, you got two you got two major power sources. You have natural gas, and you have a nuclear power. Is that is that your theory of the case? Could we actually do this with no. natural gas and nuclear power? Understand we got coal, but you put, just put coal off to the side for a second because that's going to be outside the range of what the environmentalists want. Is that a way for actually us to power a major industrial a country, sir? Gas, yes. Nuclear is challenged because we're, you know the, the, the ability of the country in Western Europe to build nuclear at this stage, we, we've got to deconstruct the regulatory environment and get it get it accustomed to wanting to build nuclear power plants. The regulatory environment has become so severe. We're, we're trying to build 2,000 megawatts of nuclear in Plant Vogel in Georgia, MEAG, Oglethorpe, and Southern Company, a partnership six years behind schedule, $12 billion over budget. France, worse, uh, started the Flamanville reactor building in 2007, still not finished, about set, 10 years behind schedule, and about $8 billion over budget. So we've got two, two major reactors in the West because of the lack of labor, the lack of skills. 
So we've got to get the, uh, the regulators on board with modularized small reactors that can be built mainly in factories, 150 megawatts or less, brought to a site, hopefully brought to an existing nuclear reservation that know how to operate these securely. And there, and there is a game there, absolutely. And, uh, and I think uh, the Greens will get behind that. Natural gas, obviously, we've got tons of it. It's, it's another way to go. It's 60% less CO2 for those who worry about CO2, yeah. megawatt hour produced. So Scott, I want to bring Scott in with with uh, Dave Lynn at the regulatory issues. We got two issues, and I want you to address them: the regulatory and 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 where they've really tried to crush uh, the nuclear power industry. Although it is something that it, I think it is could be the lead uh, to see us out of here. The other is that uh, we, we've allowed the Russians and our enemies, and correct me if I'm wrong, to control our uranium when it doesn't need to be like that. So walk the audience through what's the reality and and how nuclear power and uranium can be a driver to get us out of this mess. Yeah, well, I agree with Dave. Um, we do need to streamline the regulatory in this in this country. And um, one way to, to really bolster our uh, nuclear generation in the United States is through small modular reactors and advanced reactors, uh, like are going into uh, Washington State, Wyoming, Idaho, Tennessee, up in Ontario, Canada, the UK building 16 SMRs through Rolls-Royce. Um, you know, countries are able to build nuclear plants. We've added 65 large reactors around the world in the last nine years. There's 56 more under construction. So it's not that nuclear isn't growing, it's growing at about three to 4% per year. It's just, we gotta get better at it in the United States. And I think the small modular reactors, as Dave said, built in factories, shipped on site, lower upfront capital, uh, lower, uh, uh, faster payback and, and scalable operations for both uh, on-grid and off-grid applications is the way to go. So um, we are seeing the, the door open. I mean, we have Democrats and Republicans on Capitol Hill actually agreeing on something these days. And if you're on the far left, you, you want nuclear for its baseload carbon-free uh, aspects. If you are on the conservative right, you just want affordable, reliable power. Well, we can give uh, both of those. We can provide both of those things. So it's not surprising we're seeing bills uh, being advanced uh, by Joe Manchin, Barrasso, uh, Democrats and Republicans that would, would advance uh, uh, nuclear. Now, there are some on the left that want all the great things that the green economy brings, like electric vehicles and carbon-free energy, but they don't want to mine the minerals that, uh, that are required, whether it's nickel, cobalt, lithium, or uranium. So we do have some work to do to convince them that if we don't mine them here, we're going to mine them in places like the Congo or in Kazakhstan or, or rely on Russia. And that's the state of our affairs here. Nuclear power provides 20% of our electricity. It's 50% of our carbon-free uh, energy in the United States, yet we get 60% of our uranium from Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, and Russia. You know, what could go wrong? Uh, well, we're seeing it with the invasion of Ukraine. Uh, we've banned imports of oil and gas from, from Russia, but we're still taking imports of Russian nuclear fuel. Why? Because we've grown reliant on them, and uh, we need to make a concerted effort. Uh, Steve, last time we talked was during the, the Trump administration, and folks like Peter Navarro, Larry Kudlow, Dan Brulette, Rick Perry were all saying that this was a real risk for the United States to rely on countries that don't share our interests and our values in things as critical as energy. And now we're seeing that come home to roost. So we're playing catch up. We're having to see uh, capital, both public and private, directed to our uh, enrichment. 
complex in the United States and revitalizing uranium conversion, refining and enrichment and natural uranium to be able to replace uh, supplies from Russia that could be cut off by Putin tomorrow or as they should be banned uh, from our end so, within the next okay, but Okay, but, but, but hang on. This is what you got to explain. This is what I want to have you on, and we're going to work through this over the next couple of weeks because I'm, I'm trying to get some logic, industrial logic that the politicians understand. If you say right now we're 20% of the power, 50% of the net carbon, if you look to the future, and I understand young progressives have been brainwashed since they were in grade school, right? It's like the China syndrome every day. If you want to get there, Nuclear power has got to be a big part of the equation. How at the same time have we left ourselves? And all I hear of the Biden regime is we're at war with Russia. We're at economic war with Russia. We're trying to cut de We're trying to crush the ruble. We're trying to crush the central bank. Oh, by the way, we've allowed them to control. The China controls the rare earths. Russia controls our uranium supply. Yeah. How could that possibly happen? And how can these Democrats sit there and go, oh, yeah, how, t tell, tell me in what world this makes sense, sir? Well, in the globalization world, it makes sense because we thought, well, why not rely on pharmaceuticals, uh, uh, respirators, critical minerals, strategic uh, energy commodities, and we grew complacent. And, you know, we're, we've grown complacent and we're now relying on Russia. Well, um, you know, what happens when and if China invades Taiwan and, and this situation gets even more complicated? The Chinese are playing the long game. While they're not a big supplier of uranium to our country, they're gobbling up global resources in countries all around the world. Countries in Africa, like Namibia, where they practically run the entire country and uh, by control of their roads, ports, rails, their investments, the debt that they're providing that country, they're controlling the uranium and other commodities in these African nations. And in the United States, you know, we're more concerned of who wins American Idol then we are, you know, concerned about where are we going to get the, the lithium, the nickel, the cobalt for electric vehicles, the uranium for, for fuel. Um, we're, we're begging Venezuela for natural gas. This is insane. We should be energy independent like we were two years ago. Um, and, you know, frankly, you know, we should be in all the above uh, strategy. Uh, coal plays an important part out, out west where I am in Colorado. Uh, let's not be too hasty about the phase out of those coal plants. They provide stable reliable, uh, cost uh, affordable energy. But we do need to transition to a heavily yeah. reliant grid on, on natural gas and, and nuclear. Until natural gas into nuclear. Uh, Dave, hang on, Scott. Dave, uh, real quickly, i got about a minute or so. Is this, I know now you're working with other people. Are we going to put forward in the House a full-spectrum energy dominance plan that shows people natural gas, uh, nuclear power, Start to get start to focus on our uranium assets and not be dependent upon Russia. Is this is the House going to really take charge of this and put this forward like on the first day back in January to fire off the football, sir? I have it on good authority. They're asking for help on this, uh, writing bill number one being a return to energy dominance bill. Our, our Republican side in January. So this is yeah yeah they they are working on it and they've asked for help on it. So I'm happy to be involved in that. Um, and I, um, Scott did mention that back as recently as 1990, the country was nearly 100% self-sufficient on uranium supply, yellow cake that goes into making U-238 uranium for nuclear reactors. We were nearly 100% self-sufficient in Wyoming and Utah-based uranium. I mean, this importing is not, not a function of us running out. 
It's a function of the Hillary Clinton deal with the with the Russians and the Ukraine on on uranium one and other other decisions like that that had nothing to do with a, running out of uranium here. It's not a rare earth. It's not even a rare earth. It's abundant yeah. in South America. Dave, how do people? How do people get to you on, on social media? Because during the lame duck, we're going to have you on, and obviously firing off the football on January 3rd. Dave Walsh is there to help his country. How do people follow you on social media? That Dave Walsh energy on Getter, Steve. Thank you. Folks, things are changing. Dave Walsh is the tip of that. Scott, how do people get to you on social media? How do people follow you? Uh, please uh, follow us on uh, uraniumenergy.com and you can reach out to me. Uh, I can respond to you through our uh, our website and you can learn about what we're doing to advance uh, energy independence in the states of Wyoming and Texas and uh, try to get us back to that uh, American energy independence. We're going to have you on, brother, because this is we don't serve, we don't solve energy. You're not going to solve the economy problem. You're not going to solve inflation. It's all related to full spectrum energy dominance. Scott Melby, Dave Walsh, thank you very much for joining us. Okay, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., we're going to, all day for the four hours, going to be nothing but intensity. Lame duck, Brazil, China, and of course, Arizona. And of course, these breaking stories about the child trafficking situation. Are they calling people conspiracy theorists now? Look at what's happening. Look what the government's working on tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. See you then. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplug Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.